Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 354. I am your host, Florence Ion, and I'm joined here by your other host, Andy Anako. Hello. Sorry if I'm a little bit discombobulated. I'm I'm even I'm moving windows around as we speak because although again this is we're we're creating a theater of the air because I know the listeners can't see us, but you can see me. Mm-hmm. And the normally completely stable like podcasting slash video casting studio setup where you know, which is just stable all the time. I'm uh, hanging new shelves. I'm doing some more work in the office office. So I broke it all down with the idea of this is something this is something that I feel as though I don't know if everybody has to should do it, but I have to do it every once in a while, which is nope, I'm not just gonna simply tidy the desk this time. I'm going to unplug everything. And I'm going to take every cable yes. and tie it up. And I'm going to put it all in a corner. I'm going, to want, I'm going to have a bare area of the room that I will then rebuild the network and rebuild this mm-hmm. and that. Sure. And not qu- it wasn't quite done by by tonight. So I'm in the living room. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, so I'm, I'm podcasting from the living room in a sort of ad hoc setup. I've got my regular camera. I've got my regular microphone. But I've got like two temporary lights. And I moved like my usual like folding backdrop into the living room behind like a chair that I moved in here so you can't see like how bad the living room is. I feel like that means things did not go well in the office and that's why you're out in the living room right now. I've been banished from the office. That's how the the, the bad spirits that said, you know what? Nothing good is going to happen to you in this office. Why don't you just that's try try to do some okay. writing and some podcasting from the living room, work your way back into the office. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's working fine. It's just that sometimes it's the, uh, you know, it's, it's, they're, 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 have you ever heard something referred to as like an onion problem where like you, you keep s- peeling back the layers, there's more and more. You just realize, it's oh, like, my hey, God, hey, there's a there's a there's a stain on this this uh, on the surface of this onion. I know. You know what? I'll just like peel this off and like put a new one on it. It's like, oh, the reason why there was a stain was because there's some sort of a bug or mite that was infesting that. OK, well, I'll just peel off that second line. You keep so which is which is good because this is why. If you don't, I have learned from experience that like, if you don't like break down a, whatever it is like in 10 years, by the time you finally like have to really have to break it down, it's like, oh, I have no, there are 30 cables that don't connect to anything anymore. There's such an amount of dust that I'm, I'm, I'm amazed the electrons can squeeze their way past the dust mites to get into the electronic object. And, but, but it is fun. It really, it really is like going through layers of rock. Where, you know, here's here's the layer. Oh, then here was there was a. This is when this was like a swampy area, and then this is when the flood came in, and this is when like there was some sort of an extended drought. So as you go layer by layer, it's like oh, I've 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 hit the mini the mini USB layer of technology, where like suddenly like all the cables are like ending in mini LED and excuse me, uh, uh, mini USB <laughs> instead of USB C. Right. So, right. But like I said, it's 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 good. So it's it's also like some. Uh, it's the first time I've had like a va- like a, a vacuum all the way into the corners of the office, as opposed to just like just underneath the desk, just like underneath the chair area, just underneath the pathway. It's like no, there's a corner where has, that's always been blocked by stuff, and like oh, okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm there with you, Andy. I'm in my head currently planning a complete like office redo, uh, but until then, I feel like kind of the nice little parallel of you bringing up the old cables, you know, the old tech that's like laying around and, you know, you still need to hold on to it. Of course I have been mired in my own bit of nostalgia. Those these last um, 36 hours, let's say I'm just (laughs) 
we'll say 48. Did you see the Windows 95 keynote? The full Windows 95 keynote got posted to YouTube. Oh, the one where uh, Jay Leno was the co-host or something? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) The extremely problematic Jay Leno. (laughs) Yeah. It's I so I have an article coming out. Just wait for that. I don't want to spoil it because I will tell you, though, at one point, my editor was like, Flo, <laughs> this is not a Jay Leno hate piece. <laughs> this is about Windows 95 and, you know, wow, this great like time capsule. And I'm like, I know, but all his jokes are so bad. <laughs> He har- he harasses straight up sexually harasses a woman, mm. and it is like it is just flicked off like oh, yeah. a, like a bug on your shoulder or something like it's just totally nonchalantly drive by sexually harasses this woman like it's no big deal and it's just the whole thing made me cringe. I was flush in the face watching the whole thing. I ended up like doing the first forty five minutes just live reacting to it in my Discord. <laughs> Because I needed somewhere just kind of public-ish. Like, I needed just a dumping ground where I knew people would come in and just kind of like, you know, feed the feedback, I guess. But I, uh, because I have watched this video now countless number of times, for research purposes, of course. <laughs> and, you know, I've, I now I have the damn Rolling Stones start me up <laughs> on a loop in my head. It's really bad it just, because Microsoft licensed that song yeah. for the Windows 95 launch. So it was playing every time Windows 95 was mentioned. And I just got trans. Uh, it's just I'm 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 going to be resting tomorrow. I think <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. No, I get I, 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 I get it. See, it's 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 always it really is such a shock when you like a, uh, when you when you have to dip into uh the zeitgeist or just like the public discourse, the common public discourse of 30 years of, of 30 years between a 30 year period of whatever it is, the last t- last thing you checked in on it. And just to see how like you're, you're uh, like, I, I, I'm, I'm not young, but still I'm of the, I'm of the generation where it's like, Oh my God, those horrible racist people. Like if, why don't I, where, where do these racist people come from? If only these, thank goodness that the, the previous generations of racist people are dying off and these new generations. And it's, it's hard to appreciate that. No, no, no. It's a saturation environment where it's not like, uh, you know, where, where it's uh, like in, in the nineties. Uh, and of course I was a young man in the nineties. And yeah, that was all, that was all over the place. And you can imagine a guy like Jay Leno who never had any, uh, uh, like never had the, never had like the negative reinforcement training of saying, yeah, um, here's the thing about Koreans and what they eat. <laughs> they, it's, oh God, that, that's <laughs> giving me flashbacks no, exa- to exactly, conversations right. I've had you know, in the suburbs. And, 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 and so like, and I, I spent a lot of time like reading newspapers and magazines from like the 1890s, like 1900s and like the casualness with, with, they will throw in a word like, you know, I, I won't, I won't say, yeah, it, but like, right. but like the terrible words, right. But, but where it's like today you're like, oh my freaking God. But this is, but it's like, oh, we're just, we're just talking casually here. And, and, and you, this is, 
Casual racism. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Oh. But but it. I really casual think- harassment of a woman asking her if she wants to see my mouse. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's but that's euphemism. That's, that's the thing. It's like it. The, um, that, but that's why I bring up the fact that like, oh boy, if we're for these terrible racists, these terrible Ku Klux Klan people I keep hearing about. Ooh, we should do something about these racist people that are ruining this perfectly wonderful country that we live in. And it takes it takes a while, uh, especially as a white kid living in suburban Boston, to know that, no, you know, a hundred really nice, kind, generous people who are Christian in every possible way, sense of the word. But, you know, as soon as but as but as soon as X enters into the conversation, yeah, they're going to reveal that and that they are very, very racist or they have very, very bigoted ideals. They will never they would never uh, they would never try to get. Uh, a person of color like uh, fired from uh, from from uh, teaching in the, in the high school they would never uh, but but uh, if there was rumors that some people are trying to move into the neighborhood then you'd find out about them or then you'd find about the you'd hear like these jokes that they're making about gay people and right. it takes you a while to realize that it's that again racism is part of the part of our culture it's part of our dna it's part of the atmosphere and that that's not a shrug our shoulders and deal with it it's like no accept yeah. how big the, accept the scale of the problem that it's not about a a small group of people that needs to be surrounded by love and love and overcome it's no we have to we have to fix our society so and i agree because the reason that i am cringing at these things from the 90s is because of how much progress we've made since then and the things that i have learned and deprogrammed myself from however it's very hard for me to give a oh it was just like a back then thing for jay leno because oh, right. after oh, what he did to conan <laughs> really pissed off my generation of people. Oh, me so, too. you know, we, yeah. So we already like really pissed off about that. And to watch this just, I think, and the thing that really, and Andy, uh, this is actually great thing. I, I want to talk to you about this because when I get your perspective, I could not imagine that many, like there were three or four OJ jokes within the first half hour. Mm-hmm. I could not imagine a tech event now doing something like that at a press conference and getting away with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like like journalists would just it, absolutely just through, you know. It's really, really sad and unfortunate that people like Jay Leno, primarily Jay Leno, turned the OJ Simpson trial which is about a vicious and horrifying crime and helped to turn it into a, an acceptable punchline, you know, whereas like uh, the, the let's, let's have the judge in that trial for that horrifying trial for the horrifying crime. Oh, let's have a line of dancing judges. The dancing Ito is coming in. Da, 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 da. Hey, let's do some oh, more yeah. OJ jokes. And whereas uh, Letterman at the time was, was asked, well, how come like you're not like talking joking about that in the monologue? And he, I think a direct quote was, "I just don't find mass murder all that funny as a subject of jokes." I, and he brought it up so many times. He brought yeah. up Rosa Lopez saying that a computer, old computer memory, was better than Rosa Lopez's, and the whole crowd laughed. And I'm just thinking like this is a operating system event, yeah. and it it's peppered with all these extremely nerdy things, right? Like it's not a common consumer uh, selling point. I mean, it 
it was very, I just watched the keynote and you'll know what I mean. But what I'm trying to say is that it was peppered with all this like really technical talk. But then in the middle of it is like Jay Leno making all of these really awful jokes about current events at the time. And it's just, I'm really, but it also reminded me, by the way, of the really bad like Samsung events that we've had, right? Remember (laughs) when Michael Bay had the failure at the Qualcomm event at CES and Samsung repeatedly has just had very sexist like faux pas i'm a woman and what i like like, what i like about this new phone's camera is i'm i just got my nails done and now i can take a picture of my nails and send it to my friends that's almost a direct quote every time they do like a use case would be like the women would be doing all like the women-y like ah ding batty sort of things and the men would be oh i'm i'm here uh, actualizing loan variables in the backseat of my it's still the case though if you watch those press events really carefully and you watch those videos you'll see look at what the cool hip teen girls are doing compared to the cool hip teen boys. Anyway, if you stumble across this YouTube video, which you will, if you end up reading my article when it goes up, um, (laughs) just think about, think about what we talked about and think about the context of these things. And, uh, it's Be yeah. on the right side of history. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Again, yeah, I, I I do I will say one thing though that I feel I feel uh, I feel some measure of sympathy for comedians. Not I'm not talking specifically about Jay Leno. I'm right. talking but I'm talking about in general where there's a there's a foolproof metric for whether you are your material is succeeding or failing. And that is if the mm-hmm. audience laughs, the material is succeeding. It might succeed for any of a number of reasons, but it might not be, but let's, let's go beyond that. And if it's failing, you don't, you know, you, you, you drop that bit. And so it really does, especially for, I think an old school comedian like Jay Leno, who really, he's like, he's like Seinfeld in that it really, he, he does, he only feels about this in a very, very, mechanical way where right joke tell joke right joke tell joke right joke tell joke as opposed to even a slightly more modern comedian like Patton Oswalt which is no Mm. I'm building like a fifth an hour's worth of material that's going to have some form of beginning or middle of middle and an end and it's going to have like sort of a common story that's going to right exactly Mm -hmm. and you're going to and I'm playing a character that looks like my looks like me and sounds like me and has my name but I'm going to sort of like you're you're I'm going to be telling a story as we go this way as opposed to page three in the joke book here's set up punchline set up punchline set up punchline so I don't think that that creates an environment for introspection of why am I telling this joke? Why am I telling it from this perspective? Why am I using this as an automatic punchline? You know, it's it 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 gets really really weird, and then you get the insane situations in which, hey, wow, I just said something. Inc- I'm I uh, with uh, the comedians who start off working at really really backwater ignorant like uh, audiences. And say, wow, that material, they, these these ignorant, bigoted, drunken idiots love that material. I'm going to keep developing more. I'm going to make that right. my signature. And then for a right. time, yes, they're filling up like 5,000 seat <laughs> like theaters. Yeah. And then like after three years, they, well, now I'm going to expand my audience beyond ignorant, drunken bigots. Like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> no, nobody likes me. As a matter of fact, I'm, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a new act of Congress that's named after me. <laughs> Well, I think it's. I, I would like to now cleanse our palate with I, I get, some. I, I can give you some good news. Okay, this, this comes oh, in that's form, right. Comes in form mm-hmm. of an update. That's a why quick I was, update I, from I the neighborhood. I mentioned last week that there is a for rent sign hanging in the hip hop dance studio, and I s- speculated, hopefully, that 
maybe they're just they're so successful they're moving to larger facilities that is in mm-hmm. fact the exact case i talked to them uh, in the last few days and yes they're moving to actually just up the road but like a, if you oh. this this uh, their existing studio is about maybe half the size of a basketball court maybe even a small smaller than that in terms of like where they practice it's like one big like one medium to small size studio space and now this is like they're moving to something that's more like a dance studio space where they can have more classes and more classes at one time and all that sort of stuff so that's that's very very good i i'm I'm still again upset that the neighborhood is less weird but at least but i'm glad that the economy did not drive weirdness out of business it drove it into better uh, better facilities with a little more space. <laughs> With a little more space. So, a little more space. Yes. Oh, and the and the, the other good news is more personal oriented. The uh, hippie slash hippie deli slash cafe across the street that like provides me with these really nice like egg sandwiches on egg and bacon sandwiches on brioche, like on Thursdays or Fridays, oh, and a and like a, a really really high priced fancy donut because they get them from the really high 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 fancy uh, uh, donut bakery that's a couple towns over uh is they closed they decided to close up just for like February and March they're reopening tomorrow as we record this so tomorrow morning well yeah who's visiting the beach in February or March in the east coast in the northeast no yeah way. so yeah i mean <laughs> so, that makes sense yeah so i if, if, if anything anything that the, the hippie deli slash cafe does to make sure that they can provide me with donuts and or egg and bacon sandwiches on the sidewalk, just within reach of my Wi-Fi, with even if it's limited to now just ten months out of the year, I'm fine with it. So, my my yeah, sang Freud say, is being restored. I know people really hate on globalism, and for very good reasons. But I have to say, it is nice being able to live out in the middle of nowhere, away from a big city, and still be able to get some of those big city things. <laughs> I'm just saying, like fancy donuts. Per- perhaps, perhaps drone delivery will will help out with that. And that is a perfect teaser for what we're talking about in today's show, Andy. Perfect. That's right. We're going to be talking about some drone delivery services. Uh, You've heard us talk about them before. And yes, they're coming to America. So stay tuned for that news. But first, we're going to talk about what is different about the next rumored Nest Hub. And then after all that, we're going to talk about how Google Play has started protecting Android users from bad apps. And Google Workspace will start protecting you from bad writing, bad writing of your coworkers. Uh, no, let's they really say, need we're, to tell we're, us. We're, we're, we're using, they, yes. I, I'm sorry, maybe I'm insecure. Do you mean the collective you, or are you saying me personally, Andy Anatko, protect Andy, Andy Anatko from bad writing? I'm saying you being protected from terrible writing of somebody writing something else okay, saying uncouth, something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're, it's, we'll it's, get to it. It's Wednesday night. I've been I've had lots of interactions with like editors and like readers and stuff like that. So my my ego is a lot stronger on a Monday than on a Thursday morning. So thank you, hmm. thank you for that. Okay, and with that, we'll be right back. This episode of Material is brought to you by Pocket Casts. How good is the app you're currently using to listen to this podcast? Does it mix your music and podcasts into one confusing experience? Does it have all the features you need? Is it thoughtfully designed by people that listen to podcasts each and every day? Well, why not try something new? Pocket Casts is built by podcast listeners for podcast listeners. No matter how you listen to podcasts, Pocket Casts has got you covered. Pocket Casts seamlessly syncs your listening progress across iOS, 
Android, web, and it supports Amazon Alexa and Sonos smart speakers. With CarPlay, Android Auto, and even Android Automotive support, you can listen in your car, too. You can enjoy the vibrant, constantly updated discovery section, too, so you can find your next podcast with ease. Pocket Casts has Apple Watch support, including offline playback for when you're jogging without your phone, plus AirPlay and Chromecast support, too. It's also fun to check out your listening history and stats. And here's a clever feature. It automatically rewinds podcasts a tiny bit if it's been a while since you listened, so you can catch up easily. Okay, and now here's the personal experience part of the ad read. Yeah, I love Pocket Casts. It was co-created by Russell Ivanovic, who was who also co-created this here podcast. So it's clear that the app understands podcasts inside and out. Spotify's player treats podcasts like it's you know just a scam to drag your attention to other things that make Spotify more money than podcasts. Apple's and Google's players, I mean, they're okay, but they're pretty threadbare. But Pocket Casts, it's for listeners like me. I have like seven different ways I like to listen to podcasts. It depends on whatever the other thing I'm doing while I'm listening. And Pocket Casts works great for any of those situations. It, it just gets me. Just as something as simple as its really great archiving feature that makes me really happy. Like, why do most podcast apps only think of episodes as, oh, here's the new ones that we're going to throw in his face. And, oh, here's the old ones that we're going to try to, like, bury in the, in the middle of the listing or delete as quickly as possible. You know, because every now and then there comes an episode that just you like so much that you really just want to keep it permanently in, your, in a library on your phone so you can have it whenever you need it. So, yes, highest possible recommendation. And now, back to the ad read. Pocket Casts is completely free to use, but as a listener to this show, you can get some exclusive benefits. Go to pocketcasts.com slash material to download Pocket Casts and redeem a six-month free trial of all the premium features in Pocket Casts Plus. And if you are already a Pocket Casts user, but you haven't tried Pocket Casts Plus yet, you too can redeem this offer. Go to pocketcasts.com slash material to find out more. Our thanks to Pocket Casts for their support of the material podcasts and all of Relay FM. Well, earlier this year, over the course of CES 2022, if you remember, Andy, Samsung came out with their, well, they announced that they were going to do a home hub which is basically a repurposed Samsung tablet that gives you, you know, device controls right there without having to dig in through a bunch of menus. Hasn't released yet, but it's on the docket. And so I wasn't surprised when I heard about two weeks ago that Google might have the same plans for the Nest Hub. But some people are kind of wondering, how is this going to come to be? So 9to5Google said that a 20 22 update that we are to expect this year from Google for the Nest Hub will come with a sort of like removable tablet situation. So the screen will probably be like a really nice screen, let's say, and then you'll have a little base that maybe probably looks like the Nest Hub that you know now, except it's removable. Well, I mean, the key, the key difference uh, is that uh, on the current Nest Hubs, uh, the screen is removable, but you can only do that once, and it, the screen won't work. Mm-hmm. That's a very important distinction. Thank you, Auntie. Service journalism. I am a professional <laughs> communicator. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, 
in all seriousness, though, I, I've been hearing a lot of, I'm reading, hearing, there was a bit of talk about this, right? About what is it going to be like to have a Nest Hub situation that acts as a tablet, considering Android tablets as we know it have struggled to really see the traction. <laughs> but I am thinking here that what Google is vying for is something a little more in the Amazon camp, because I've been playing with all of these new Amazon smart displays and they're, you know, I have the giant Echo Show 15 out in my front room. I guess I'm still using it. It's there. It's programmed. And I really, I kind of feel like they, I kind of feel like Amazon figured out a way to just prioritize the UI. And so that's why people think of it for that. They'll think of a cheap like Kindle tablet to go and control, you know, the smart home controls in their house. Why would they think about anything from Android? And so this, it makes sense that Google would want to make a device for people who maybe were turned away from like a cheap Android tablet doing the same thing. Hmm. And the funny thing is like all these, all these Amazon tablets actually are running Android, but they've put, but I know. They've, it's, it's like their own, it's their own like fork of it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I was, when I, when I, uh, I um, when I was reading about it, actually, I think I, the first uh, thing I really read about it was like your article in Gizmodo. Uh, because uh, the nine to f- nine to five Google mentioned that they have a reliable source, uh, but you had like more like introspection on it. Um, if it's it's hard for me to figure out like how best to do that. Like, would would you want? Uh, I have a I have a Nest Home like on my nightstand. Really like it. It's a it's not like I'm. It's like one of the most important computers inside my household. But it is very very nice to like have that as an alarm clock to have more information when I wake up to have like feedback when you know I'm controlling stuff and asking it questions like while I'm reading in bed and doing research and like off on the web or whatever. But like would I re- what how would what how would I use a detached screen on that kind of a device? Would I rather have the same sort of experience that I have with the current product, which is that, no, it's not a complete like self-contained computer. It is an interface for Netflix and, uh, and YouTube and for, uh, and for the Google assistant, like a, like a really big smart remote control, or would I rather have an actual Android tablet that it turns into an Android, Android tablet that I can play games on or read books on or whatever. And I'm not sure what the answer is. It would, it would it would depend on whether or not this the Android tablet experience would be as bad as it is like on every actual Android tablet I've ever used. Uh, and also, I'm I'm this I'm always talking about like my own limitations. I know that if I if, if it were an actual Android tablet, it would like I would be waking up and figure out, well, gee, what what where's the screen? Oh, that's right, I left it in the kitchen. Like, oh, that's right, I left it's in my I I decided I needed a book reader for my commute, so it's actually in my laptop bag. There's there's something about the have the thing like being hot glued to the speaker that means that no, that screen is going to be exactly where I left it last night. So that's fair. I totally am with you on that one, but. Have you tried swiping up, by the way, on your Nest Hub recently? The yeah, it gives you an app. Have you? Have you? Yeah. So, by the way, <laughs> I've inter- interacted so little with my uh, assistant smart displays that I completely missed getting that update. It just <laughs> never, just never occurred to me to check. But I was kind of playing around with it a little bit and thinking, like, wow, okay, this is kind of nice. But then when I was clicking on things, it felt like. I don't know. I just want buttons. And the problem with an Android tablet, and I had actually this problem with my um, 
I had a family member visiting for two weeks and they were staying here. And I try to set up a phone so that they could have some smart home controls. At the end of the day, they ended up just uh, manually shutting off the lamps <laughs> that had smart bulbs in them because trying to paw through a phone and figure out what app does what, even though I put like action blocks on there to make everything a little bit easier. Like it's just, there's something not intuitive about yeah. that experience. So I think Google's trying to bridge a gap between that. I am curious what they're going to do with the sleep tracking capabilities of the second gen next nest hub, because that solely hardware, uh, excuse me, the solely radar, it relies on being calibrated and as those of us tech heads know, when you calibrate something, you got to leave it where it is hmm. because the system, you know, has calibrated yeah. to those particular specifications. And when you are being tracked for your movements and things of the sort, like it's very important that things stay the same, but I also don't know. I'm just offering a conjecture. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it should be like a separate product. Like it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be lumped in with smart displays. It should be like, it's the, uh, I don't know, p pixel nightstand or something like that. I would buy that. <laughs> I would buy something nice like that. <gasps> you know what, Andy? They should do something like um, the pixel stand, <laughs> but put a tablet on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we just talked put about. Put a tablet on all the things. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I mean, there's, I see my, I, again, I'm, I'm trying my age here. But like, uh, <laughs> it's like I think I I would go for it if like the tablet had like if it was a skinnable interface to that kind of like home automation stuff. Like uh, if uh, every time every time you'd see like a movie like in from the seventies and they wanted to communicate or t better yet a TV show like a TV crime show where they wanted to communicate just how wealthy like this guy is, they would also like be a shot in the bedroom and like to the on the nightstand would be this like. Uh, this, this walnut grained black onyx and like chrome like console that would have these big like brushed aluminum toggle switches to like turn on the lights open the you know, open the drapes you know make the make this make the tv pop up from uh, from the the end like rotate the bed the of course the round bed to face the curtains or to face the you know and that's the uh, now these these people are usually the murderers so I'm not saying that that's that's someone yes. that I would that I would that I would want to emulate. But there's something Speaking of Columbo. <laughs> yes. But this yeah, but like, you know, I I would I would go I would pay $4.80 for that skin. And that that's why I kind of like the idea and also partly because of like what you're talking about to have like more of a uh, more of a less abstract interface to like the switches that are inside the house. I I mean I I had that ex I had that ex same experience where like the first time I had uh, a guest staying over for a couple of days here after moving here uh I I realized like two days beforehand that I had to write I I I'm going to have to like write out a little card explaining like if you want to turn on the lights in like the in the living room say turn on the lights in blah 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 or Andy I have a laminator on my Amazon wish list right now because <laughs> I'm really considering just making instruction cards for when people come to visit me because I'm just tired of explaining myself I'd rather yeah. just yeah yeah it's yeah. this is I Samsung and Google I think are trying to figure that out because at the end of the day it means you stay inside their ecosystem so <laughs> you know 
that's the key there. Speaking, of, well, I guess this is not an ecosystem thing. This is this is an air thing. You remember how we always talk on the show about how Australia has delivery drones. I remember we've also talked about the birds that have attacked those delivery exactly. drones because they, you know, they are disruptive to the natural elements. Well, <laughs> expect expect all of that coverage that we gave you to have prepared you for what's next, which is the delivery drones to come to the United States. Now, uh, they are, so Wing, that's Alphabet's drone delivery service. It's still in its infancy, but it isn't totally new. Now, they've actually just recently crossed their 200,000th delivery. So that's kind of wild to think that 200,000 transactions have been made where a drone delivered the final product. And that, and actually, so, it's even a little bit more impressive than that because they're not including like tests test runs it's like those are That's actual like civilians who have placed an order and had it delivered by drone mm-hmm. so so at least two hundred thousand of them were not killed by either uh australian wildlife or whatever it is in finland that would i was like, attack just gonna drones. mention finland i i think <laughs> finland they, it was fine <laughs> they're, i think they're, they did that to test it for the snow they're pretty chill down there <laughs> you mean up there Sorry. not to people in the um, north pole Let's not let's not be let's not be regionalist. Okay, fair enough. Generation X anyway, has to lecture the millennial. That's that's pretty sad. Yes, fair, fair. Um, Dallas, you if you live in Dallas, you might be seeing these drones flying around the Dallas Fort Worth area beginning actually tomorrow when this podcast publishes. So we're recording the day before, and now Wing is starting small, so they're trying not to you know, take to the skies and create disasters because that would, I'm sure that would turn people off from the service and or, 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 well. or to be, to be more specific, they don't want to create any disasters that they can't quickly contain and cover up. So that's why like if they, had, if they were doing this nationwide and suddenly like 900 small dogs got like their ears clipped by landing drones, that's a problem. One, Yikes. 800 bucks, 900 bucks, give them like a gift card to Petco for, 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 for dog hats, hush money. You're good. Right now, very small sample pool in Dallas as well. The delivery zone is limited to (laughs) tens of thousands. I know, but it's small of suburban homes in the city of Frisco and town of little Elm and not every single address within those regions will be eligible for deliveries. But if you are eligible, you will be able to order health and wellness products from Walgreens. That's kind of nice. Pet prescriptions from EasyVet, first aid kits from Texas Health, and ice cream from Bluebell Creameries. And yes, they promise that your ice cream will make it to you without getting melted. So I am curious of how many emergency calls we will have this summer of dry ice falling on people's heads. See what now? What I'm <laughs> what I'm concerned about is that like they they've already had, through through their their uh, deliveries in Australia they've already established that like birds will attack uh, drones if they're if it's nesting season and they're protecting their mm-hmm. young. Now Dallas, I'm just I'm just quoting statistics here. They it's a very gun friendly and gun popular state. I'm not I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just again stating a fact. And if you are super hungry and you have a, a rifle, you're a pretty good shot and you see a drone like heading within range and you know it's carrying ice cream and it's a really hot day, 
are you going to try it? Maybe. Uh, again, not not judging. I'm saying that these are the. I'm I'm saying that I think that they're going to. Google Wing is going to have to deal with a new type of predator that maybe they haven't dealt with in Finland. What does that say about American culture? I'm sorry. That's just, this is an American culture thing happening right now. (laughs) It's I'm, I'm very curious about the complaints that we're going to get. We are going to be watching this testing with just peeled back eyes. Okay. Andy and I will be on this because I want to see the problems. (laughs) I'm here for yeah, that. And, Sorry. And, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not making fun of like Texas or Dallas. I'm basically saying something about the United States. We are, we're, we're jerks. I mean, that's, and that, and sometimes it's a really good thing. That means that, you know what, we are not going to like politely stand by. And like, if, if we're told to do something that's simply bureaucratic or has a stupid, like societal thing that keeps like lower classes in line uh, to the perceived higher classes, you know, not that we don't have plenty of that here, but again, we're the kinds who say that, you know what, I think I will take like this seat on the train. I don't care that it's for like executive salarymen. T- t- tr- prove to me that prove to me that I'm not an executive salaryman. If I'm not, I'm as good as you. Screw you. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here. Tra- yes, fine. Make a scene and take me out of here. I will. I will take that option. Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, they're but they're also again as as I have spoken of this before. They're also the knuckleheads that are like ooh, <laughs> you know, like I uh, think another thing about Texas, they're very big on football there. There's a very very high population of people who are very very I mean, good quarter, just watch quarterbacks Friday Night Lights, in the day, a right. really great series, right? So again, I, I, again, I'm I'm there's the, the temptation at a backyard cookout is going to be hey look another delivery. This is like especially if, if like your house is like in what uh, what uh, Google will define as an air corridor you know, from the Walgreens and you're kind of tired of looking at them and you're tossing the ball around with like with your friends and you've been talking about how, you know, you were you were like all state like that year and they bet you like 20 bucks. You can't hit that drone like with this ball. I kind of I would kind of wouldn't blame you for giving it a try again, especially if you're like every 20 minutes and you're that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. Once once it becomes really annoying, Um, I am thinking part of me is like, wow, I would love to be able to just call up a robot to bring me acetaminophen on like my worst <laughs> day where I just, no one's home. My head is thro- pounding. Yep. There's no way I could get into a car and drive myself to the drugstore to get what I need. But then I think about what the drones might end up doing, which is, you know, replacing people. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because like it, it, in this case, if if I had a really bad migraine and I needed medication, yes, I would tip a crap ton to get somebody to deliver me medication. If I was absolutely in an emergency situation, I would I would fork the money and do that. Once it becomes a little more normalized, though, then it just kind of feels like, what am I participating in, you know? So We'll see. I'm very curious. Um, by the way, if you live in Christianburg, Virginia, now this is not a major metropolitan area, but it is no a small test area. I'm sorry. No, no, no offense to anybody in Christianburg, Virginia. <laughs> right. I'm sure it's lovely. Right. Um, but they do allow uh what is this? Let's see, Girl Scout cookies and books from the school library. So some uh some little small town uses for these drones, which again sound really nice to me a person who lives in the suburbs and doesn't have all of these Silicon Valley treasures. But, you know, then you think about the the flip side of all of this. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, looking at the calendar events uh, for Christianburg, Virginia, uh, like monthly brush collection. Uh, uh, oh no, that's that's town town constantly. But uh, there is the <laughs> uh, the volunteer stream cleanups on April second and sixteenth. Uh, the uh, oh, at Arbor Drive uh, and Peppers and Peppers Ferry Road intersection improvements are starting, or probably complete by now. I mean, it looks it looks quite nice. I mean, there's public hearings. There's uh, okay. I wish I'd done. I wish I'd thought of this beforehand. But again, I mean, I, I'm sure that there's there's a water festival. There you go. Uh, the where is your, what is it? Hey, what is okay? Actually, okay. Is Christian for okay? Let's. I'm going to take a risk here. <laughs> this is this is a Google podcast. <laughs> so we so I just did a, a search for Christianburg, Virginia. There's the info box with, of course, the map. A uh, a photo of an intersection with three stoplights, a three so major intersection. Uh, Christianburg is a town in Montgomery County, Virginia, United States. The population was twenty one thousand forty one in the twenty ten census. It is the county seat of Montgomery County, County uh, area of fourteen point six four square miles. Weather is sixty three degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, wind south at four miles per hour. Ninety five percent. Ooh, ninety five percent humidity. Okay, we'll not. We're not going to uh, talk about that. Uh, but okay, so. People on the people always also ask box. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Is Christiansburg, Virginia, a good place to live? I'm going to say a great place to live. Well, let's reveal. There you go. Christiansburg uh, is ranked as the second best city to live in Virginia by creditdonkey.com. No, no less, no less an authority than creditdonkey.com. Only, <laughs> only cities with an average commute of 30 minutes or less were included. Uh, the atmosphere of Christiansburg was described as, quote, progressive small town living at its best. Well, there you go. Uh, is that why they got drones? We're progressive. There you go. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, what, what is Christiansburg known for? Uh, Okay, uh, Christian downtown Christianburg was in boldface the site of the Lewis McHenry duel on May 9th, eighteen oh eight. The rifle that's duel. my birthday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, the, you, you were you were born on the anniversary A of long, the rifle. Long time before either of my parents existed. <laughs> so, so you're saying that they weren't they weren't uh, responsible for the rifle duel between Thomas Lewis and John McHenry, which killed both men. <laughs> Which led? Okay, I'm sorry. I have to. I have to click on the town history. I have to find out what this duel was about, because <laughs> apparently it's it's right there on the town town website. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Jim, feel, feel free to tighten this up if necessary. Just yeah. Because I, I'm sorry. I have to. I have to know what. No, this... I need you to find out too, because I need to know too, like what this duel was over. We, it's commemorative. Why? Please tell me it was for like human rights or something, you know, valiant, not something silly. Like, I'm worried about Andy and what he's finding out right now. No, I'm pre-reading just in case it's something. Oh, oh, okay. I, I'm suspicious because it says I'm quoting here the from the official town site of Christianburg, Virginia. Downtown Christianburg was the site of the Lewis McHenry duel on May 9th, 1808. The rifle duel, rifles. That, that's got to be 10 really long paces if you're dueling with rifles. Uh, between Thomas Lewis with Kill Both Men led to the passage of the Barbell in 1810, outlaw, okay, which outlawed dueling in Virginia. Former town resident Dr. John Floyd was the attending surgeon uh, and later governor of Virginia as well as a member of Congress. Okay, well, who cares? He was also the father the of John Buchanan. surgeon. Ford. They just had a surgeon. 
Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, now, now we're now we're going into I, I, American I'm, history that I did not I, have I, covered. Uh, again, I'm sorry for the distraction, listeners. I hope that I hope that I, this is for this is for my entertainment. I hope it's also. I feel for like yours, the international but, listeners will get something out of this, realizing that like America did slash does this. We just kind of like commemorate. <gasps> what do we find out? Lewis McHenry Duell has a page on the Encyclopedia Virginia. Number one result. This, da, da, da. this is like a really big duel. Oh my it? god! <laughs> okay, well, okay. I think they. Damn it! I think they. I think they copied and pasted it from like the Tom Page. It's still. Ah. The, it's like that exact thing. Okay, I, I will give. I, I'll, I'm. I'm putting up a shot clock. I, I, we will. We will. We will. You know what? Okay, we will revisit this next week. This is a teaser. I'm going this. to get to the the bottom of because what I'm thinking is that if it were for if it were for something like charming and quaint, like oh over the over the the the, the, the they were doing because they were both in love with the same like clergyman's daughter and they were uh, in battle right. over who, which one would treat her more like a princess and treat her best and finally Lifetime movie material exactly mm-hmm. and there'd be like an oil painting of like the 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 nineteen year old girl her handkerchief like clasped to her to her chest thank you for making her 19 exactly <laughs> <laughs> but that's humanity that's, anyway I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that if it were that quaint like there would be like re- if they were that quaint then they would be like right there in the story if it were like no <laughs> no no there was like a really really like cool horse and they were like dueling over who gets to shoot it and then like throw it throw it over the whatever Okay, so, but I okay. I promise you, listeners. Next week, I will by next week, I will have found out what the beef was between these two men. Again, <laughs> the only the only way a duel with rifles could be better is if it was like rifles with bayonets. It's like ten take ten pace turn ten paces turn around and then charge at each other. <laughs> That's uh, called jousting, Andy. But with but with rifles, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would i if that were that game were on steam i would pay 19 Bayonet for that. Jousting. oh boy uh, oh that feels like a really good spot for us to take a quick break I, eight minutes ago for probably but <laughs> cut me off before that. uh i'm sorry listeners if flo has to listen to this then you also have to listen to this it's it's only fair this episode of Material is brought to you by CrowdStrike. Here's an unsettling fact for you. 70% of cyber attacks are targeted at small to mid-sized businesses. You might be wondering how serious a cyber attack even is. Well, about half of businesses will become unprofitable within a month of being breached. Cyber criminals know smaller businesses may not have the resources to defend themselves from ransomware and malware. This makes smaller companies an easy target, and the ransoms collected can add up quickly. If you want to better protect your business, CrowdStrike has a solution for you. Falcon Pro by CrowdStrike is the cybersecurity solution your small business needs. It provides superior prevention from cyber attacks, detects malicious activity, and offers immediate response capabilities for your business. And it's all fully deployed in just minutes to protect your organization. Falcon Pro provides features like antivirus protection, firewall management, device control, and integrated threat intelligence, all in one cloud-based solution. With Falcon Pro, your systems are protected against all cyber threats, not just malware, even when devices aren't connected to the Internet. 
And you can say goodbye to sluggish antivirus scans and inconvenient reboots that delay your team's productivity. Rated 4.9 out of 5 by Gartner Peer Insights, CrowdStrike is the cybersecurity your team needs. Head to CrowdStrike.com material to start a free 15-day trial. That's CrowdStrike.com material for a free 15-day trial of CrowdStrike Falcon Pro. Our thanks to CrowdStrike for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, in an effort to clean up the Play Store a little bit here, a little bit there, Google has really been changing some of the prerequisites for being in front of the line when people are looking for your app. So lately slash recently, Google has been taking these additional steps to prevent you from downloading any apps that might be outdated. And part of that is to, you know, to ensure that what you are downloading is up to spec, has all the latest security features, and abides by the latest Play Store policies. Now, Google is not allowing you to download apps from the Play Store that don't have the latest developer APIs. So the Play Store, and Google announced this a couple months ago, they were already rejecting new app submissions and app updates if it didn't have the new APIs that Google had released in the previous year. And again, this was just to help weed out older apps versus the developers who are paying attention to the new releases, the developers who are updating the documentation, and you know they they are kind of encouraging. It's kind of a carrot and stick method at this point. So giving a carrot to the developers keeping up with things and giving a stick to those who just kind of let their app sit and wane in the Play Store. You don't you don't you, yeah. you don't want to like have people like who just spent a thousand dollars on a phone wind up downloading an app that still has like the cupcake user interface. That's that looks bad. <laughs> that, that makes yeah. it look chintzy and cheap. <laughs> yeah, and and it's fair exactly, and it, and that's exactly what Google's been trying to move away from. No offense to Android, but you know, <laughs> especially here in the U.S., there's a lot to compete with. So Google's expanding on the policy, and now this new policy is applying to any pre-existing Play Store apps. Previously, Google was just starting this with the new apps that were getting submitted. I think my understanding is. It's kind of a way to you, you test out the program, see how you know work out the kinks kind of situation. But now it's making sure that anybody who has their apps in the store is up to spec. If not, the Play Store will ghost you, <laughs> especially if you haven't updated your Android APIs within the past two years. So if you are developing your app to, let's say, I guess Android 10 at this point, then you're technically outdated. Hmm. They don't want to know you. Right, because Android 13 is the next one. So that seems about right. Um, your app also won't appear in searches or app listings. So getting any discovery, it's it's like going to exist in the Play Store as an app that exists. But it, and you know, you'll still see it if you installed it. Like, like I installed all these apps since 2010, you know, since I had my first Android app. But obviously, a lot of them haven't been touched since God knows when. But I could still access them if I get a fit of nostalgia. And also, those old apps will be discoverable by any users running old versions of Android. So anybody who's getting a hankering for the old way of life. If you paid $23 for your phone, like off of a peg in CVS, <laughs> then It'll probably, the, those Android 6 phones will still be able to find that old fart app or whatever. You know, we were ta- you're talking about clearing out dust earlier, and I'm just thinking about 
uh, all the it's like it's like when your drugstore was getting rid of all the clearance items that nobody was buying. Just thinking about all the old phones collecting. Um, anyway, Google said that they made these changes to protect us, the users, from installing apps that may not have the latest privacy and security features. So something to keep in mind as a user, mm. but as a developer, get to work, yeah. as Kim Kardashian said. <laughs> to, to, to her usual great acclaim. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, visible signs that Google absolutely cares about, like it's, it's reputation as being a wretched hive of scum and villainy. As far as the app store goes, there was another, there's yet another, uh, I, I almost, every time that I'm doing like my sweep for, for news, like every day I'm, I'm bookmarking stuff every day, but like every time there's a, Oh, the, the, a, a two apps with like 50,000 users were found to contain like malware and they're removed from the play store. It's like, yeah, if I'm, we can't, we can't spend like even three minutes every episode talking about like whatever the latest like sweep of that was for, but it's, uh, so it, it's clear that they're taking like a larger view that here, there, here's how like it, there are reasons why we're tightening up these APIs is because these old, APIs are being worked around or exploited. And if that means that, again, a five-year-old knockoff of whatever the hot puzzle game of uh, of 2016 was is no longer available, so be it. I mean, it's a, a part, of, part of me who, like, treasures software as part of our cultural history is a little bit sad that, you know, there are, there are all these little pieces of software that maybe someone knocked this out just for fun, but it was so quirky and so interesting and now this bulls have not existed to begin with. A little bit, little part of me is kind of sad about that. But I, but I understand the larger motivation. It's, it's not as though they are. It's not as though they're saying, "Wait a minute, they're if they, if they we 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 put in this whole new secret API to make sure that we're that we're, that more data than ever is being transmitted to. If they're using the old method of like reading the keyboard, they're not sending data back to us into our ad network. This cannot stand." Can I share something completely unrelated, but I just had a little memory unlock. On our show? That sounds yes. that sounds unprecedented, but I'll, I'll, I'll I know, right. Um <laughs> I was just thinking about how back in the early web page days, uh let's say circa nineteen ninety-nine, two thousand, the cool thing to do was to take a screenshot of your desktop and publish it to your website or a message board and show people the icons that you had. Because the goal was to have the coolest, like fringiest apps that you use. <laughs> So it was like, what cool, fringy? Anyway, it just reminded me. Ah, I guess that was a core I memory. I don't. I I remember that. I I had to like post back that all oh, my desktop just looks like like the standard desktop because really I just have a user shell script that takes me right into the terminal and then it full screens it because I don't wow. use, I don't use the graphical interface because I'm I'm an actual like computer user. And like not like a Care Bear like it was perfect, computer Andy. fan. It's perfect. That was perfect. You call who is this Andy? My name is Geo Slackor. <laughs> Zero with a slash through it, two R's. <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay. I promise in one of our bonus episodes I'll I'll get into I'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> Our last little news bit for the podcast is some good news for folks who want to be inclusive slash want their work to sound cohesive. Actually, this feature reminds me a lot of a similar feature I think Microsoft Word announced recently. It was Microsoft 365. So Google has added new features to Google Workspace to help people in business and schools write less sucky words. <laughs> 
Now, when we talk about business schools, we're talking about the Google Workspace business essentials. And like, I would just I, today I had to look up the different tiers that you can pay for <laughs> because Google's been doing all of this different stuff to Workspace. So that's why I'm making a commentary not, on not, it. Not the, not, the, that, not the free version that like plebeians like myself use, the ones that like corporations like pay for additional support every and time this comes up in a news feed i have to look it up because the yeah. tears have been very confusing so anybody else is confused out there so are so are we anyway if you do have workspace access you will have underlined text with a purple squiggle when it senses an opportunity to help you out according to the team blog you will see suggestions when there are opportunities to structure a sentence with an active voice or when a sentence could be more concise which will help you make your writing more impactful and any potentially discriminatory or inappropriate language will be flagged by the app along with suggestions on how to make your writing more inclusive and appropriate for the audience you are addressing again oh, this oh, sounds a lot well you 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 have to like use text to speech to like convert jay leno's monologue from the windows 95 thing put it into a google doc and see how many purple squiggles pop up i bet it's going to be substantial oh my god Please, please, use, please use that idea. <laughs> That's genius. Why didn't I? Okay. No, you you have, you have my permission. We're doing this podcast late at night, which is why I was kind of I've been kind of whispering through the whole thing because you know kids kiddos above me trying to fall asleep. But now I know what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the night because Wednesdays are my late night, so I'm allowed to sleep late, which means I'm allowed to get up late. So you may have ruined me in my sleep for tonight. <laughs> You, I'm not gonna. you cannot send me down a rabbit hole and be like you should have a nice night have great sleep uh, Andy it's too I feel like in a different parallel universe you and I our timelines coincided and we were just two just very sleepy people hanging out on bean bags and going down rabbit holes on the internet yes <laughs> yeah, again, had we been contemporaries <laughs> at the same college, there would there would have been. What time is it? Two a.m. What time's our first class? Eight a.m. Well, we've, we're 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 gonna get a we're gonna f. We miss another class, so let's just stay up all night. Okay. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Oh goodness. Anyway, if you have Google Workspace through your work, you might have this new feature. If you'd like to try it out, I do have to say this is very much again to me the way i see this as a top down approach this is google trying to compete with what microsoft is offering yeah. with its office 365 uh situation so it's been really interesting to see the two try and duke it out for for business eyes <laughs> like no yes. me 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 no me me no i'll make you not sound like you're problematic no 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 <laughs> i will make you sound like you're not problematic no 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 it's me that'll help yeah so I, I i i had two reactions to this number one like right right after that paragraph that you quoted <laughs> like the, the blog post says we hope this will help elevate your writing style and that makes that instantly like that my hackles went up because that's like that's it's it's uh I bet this has happened to me at least once where like a reader like emailed me to say, here's how I, I noticed that you kind of structured this paragraph person. I got, I thought I'd let you know that if you had let off this paragraph with a more uh, active like verb, like blah, 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 blah. And then the second sentence is not even necessary. And you could have like condensed it out. 
I hope that this will help elevate your writing style. And then I would be like, okay, um, to hell with the following list of people. Number one, you. Uh, number two, the horse you run into town on. Number three, anybody who looks like you. Number four, any horse that looks like the horse you run into town on. Uh, so I'm I, again, I sensed a little bit of you know zzz in that line that props could have there. There would have been like an orange squiggle that's that denotes like passive aggression or or snottiness. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Um, but I also this being 2022, I couldn't help but think, oh god. There's going there's going to be like something on like Fox News or whatever or or even the more insane conservative sites saying that this just in another tech company is trying to uh, inflict woke infest the inflict woke language into the workplace by flagging and refusing to let you write the wrong words that would be wrong for blah 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 and it's also indoctrinating our children in our schools who are using Google Workspace and like oh, come on we're just it's like we're we're trying Trying to avoid those incidents in which that lead through two or three steps of events after you write that thing to you, like walking out of the office with a cardboard box with all your things in it being escorted by security. Okay. If you think that if you want that, great, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and again, call, <laughs> refer to so-and-so as so-and-so that's again, if that helps you get up, get fired from this company faster, maybe we should be helping that. But we're just we're just trying to do our best here, and yes, if and and also there's a there are I also have I also happen to think that there are a lot of people that are just simply ignorant, and and ignorance is not like is not a negative thing. Meaning that there there have yeah. been there have been times in the past five six seven years where I've been like, should I be saying there in this instance, or if I don't know the gender of this person, is it okay to simply to say that well if, if their first name is Susan. They're probably using female pronouns and to say nothing of uh, learning the difference between transgender and transgendered. Like th- I, mm-hmm. I was using transgendered for quite a while before learning that. No, that's not the, that's the, the preferred term I is this. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and like, I didn't feel, Oh my God, I'm a horrible bigot. It's like, no, this is pe- people. When people tell you how they would like to be, de- how the, what pronouns they would like to be used, what names they would like to be used, believe them. And so when the, when the it's an issue of respect, if somebody, you know, back in the old days, old scruffy, gruffy men would be like, you need to call me Mr. Smith, you know, or it's kind of the same thing. Like that's, that's my pronoun. Have a little respect. Just go by that. And, um, and I also, I would like to see a little more, um, de genderifying in our syntax. Let's, it's fine. Just address a crowd at random. Yeah, and we've we've talked about this before. Like the the only the only thing the only word that is not going down without a hell of a fight is guys. Like as a as a collective pronoun. Like hey, you guys, or hey, these guys here. Or like damn it, I can't, but I don't know how. For to me, use- it depends on the group because yeah. you know if it's like a new friends group, I will not use it because I'm not quite sure where we are yet. But like with some of my older friends, I will use it because they know I'm just putting on my flow California because, you know, everybody's guys and dude here. Because yeah. <laughs> so, we're all just a bunch of lightheaded, <laughs> sunny day, <laughs> sand snorting freaks. <laughs> but yeah, no, but, the, but yeah. And, but this this is overall, but this is overall like a, re- a really really good thing. It's it's good that a, a company the size of Google thinks that this is important enough to make gendered language uh, and uh, uh, that kind of, that kind of language as important mm-hmm. as passive voice. And 
you're talking about active versus passive voice. The problem is, is because this is how we're still taught to do expository writing in school is where we're taught. At least this is my, this is my opinion. Okay. Um, but I feel like the problem is that we're the way we are taught to write things in school. And then we leave, we leave elementary, high school, whatever. And then we go into the real world and we realize that things are a lot less, in some cases, uh, extreme. I don't yeah. know. I'm well, the, just, oh, oh. All, all I'm saying is that, like the the, the fact that it's not like uh, it's it's not a an, a special tab of well here's the here's the grammar rules but now here's the political correct to rules like oh, no here are like yeah. in yeah, general yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure and I haven't looked at the whatever the actual list of you know uh, no 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 stuff is but like but but if it's also essentially that okay this is really aggressive words to use perhaps you would like to say this instead or whatever um but it's 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 a very positive thing that a company thinks it's again uh and giving people showing people opportunities to steer away from gendered pronouns and other language that they may not be aware is out of date and not the not the favorable words to use and also the idea of companies wanting to have that feature inside the set of the tool, the writing tools that all of their users are using without having to send out a memo saying, here's a guidebook to, here's a guidebook. And this, it could be an actual offense. Like, no, here, there'll be a purple squiggle. We hope that you, we, you, no one has, you don't, you don't have to tell your friends that like at the end, at the NRA, uh, NRA book club, like on Tuesday <laughs> night at Burns and Noble, that you decided to use a non-gender pronoun I when it was the suggested. Purple swiggle. Yeah, exactly. I, I let it correct me. Yeah, I'm so sorry. For, for and for what it's worth, because this is uh, again the like the, the big group version of of workspaces, the administrator does have the ability to turn off any of these things if the company or the school decides to do that. So let's 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 hope that everybody who is using workspaces, if they decide to do a test document, they would find purple squiggles and they would find that. Uh, they, they would find that yes, the the company decided that it is probably a good thing for people to use speak as though it's 2022 and not like 1973. Oh, how beautiful! We started at one end and brought it all the way back around. Mm. It's so see, it's 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 we we have a very fractal sort of way of putting together these podcasts in which there is definitely a complex mathematical equation involved, but it basically is a harmonious and repeating pattern. I just think it's really. Beautiful that we talked about Jay Leno's problematic joke telling and somehow ended up with how Google is trying to keep people like that from continually. I'm I'm just happy that I can say bad things about Jay Leno's comedy. I actually I actually <laughs> I actually like his car channel. Like when he when he talks about cars, he's talking about something he deeply loves and he's and he's very, very has a very in-depth language in in-depth like knowledge of and he doesn't talk about it in like a hi-hat way. His comedy though is just like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. I I know. I don't maybe maybe someday I'll finally put all of these thoughts of mine into writing. I don't know. <laughs> Pop culture is not something that I write about techni- like I don't write about it ever, not even for fun. So Yeah. I wouldn't even know how to approach it, but it's fun to explore. It's at least fun to see the differences and the similarities between being a tech journalist back then and being a tech journalist now. I definitely envision myself as um the pixie girl in the pixie haircut girl i've never had a pixie cut but i feel like if i were of age in 95 that i would have had a pixie cut i would have modeled myself after winona writer in reality bites so (laughs) yeah anyway things i think about 
Andy, are you doing radio this week? Uh, not this week, but uh, next week at uh, twelve thirty, oh. and on Friday, uh, you can see uh, listen to listen to and stream next week, or listen to last week's show at uh, at uh, wgbhnews.org. As usual, go to Wanatko on Twitter or Instagram for interim things. Perfect. Thank you, Andy, for putting together the podcast show notes for being here. Thank you for every literally everything else that makes this podcast <laughs> delivered. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to Jim, our editor, for yes. making it. I'm sorry, sound good apart, every apart from week. all the editing that Jim does. Yes, that's mm, honestly mm, Jim is the reason. Uh, as for me, I have an author page at flowrights.tech that you can go check out. That takes you to my Gizmodo dot com author page you can see all my recent latest articles and don't forget about my other podcast called gadgets which is published by gizmodo and this week so the podcast will be out when you hear this so this week i had the virgins victoria song on to talk about wearables including what the heck happened to fitbits wear os wearable so that's a good one to listen to if you're interested in that I feel like uh, folks should also know that if they want to learn more about us or get our past show notes, see what past episodes we did, or just find links to wherever else we are on the internet, they can go to relay.fm slash material. That is our landing page. And don't forget that if you become a member of this network, you will get perks, including bonus episodes. And we're having, we're having some bonus episodes coming up very soon. So stay tuned to that. Until next week, everybody, we want to thank you for joining us this week, and we hope that you have a happy and healthy, safe seven days.